Okay, now, this is um, the last section of the Bible that sometimes you tend to jump. But let us just go quickly. Now, this is the genealogy, Genesis 10. This is the genealogy, the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Nigok, Medai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. Sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togoma. Sons of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands. Everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Pot, and Canaan. Sons of Cush were Seba, Havila, Sabta, Rehema, and Sabteka. The sons of Rehema were Sheba and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalne, in the land of Shina. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ar, Kale, and Resen, between Nineveh and Kala, that is the principal city. Mizraim begot Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtuhim, Patusim, and Kasluhim, from whom came the Philistines and Kaphtorim. Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Gagashites, the Hivites, the Archites, and the Sinite, the Alvadite, the Zemarite, and the Hamathite. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed. The border, the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon as you go toward Gira, as far as Gaza. Then as you go toward Sodom and Gomorrah, Adman and Zeboim, as far as Lesha. These were the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands and in their nations. And children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Alphaxad, Lord and Aram. The sons of Aram were Oz, Hall, Githa, and Mash. Arphaxad begot Selah, and Selah begot Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan begot Almodad, Shelef, Hazamaveh, Jera, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimel, Sheba, Ofa, Havila, 
and Jobab, all these were the sons of Joktan. Their dwelling place was from Mesha, as you go towards Sefer, the mountain of the east. These were the sons of Shem, according to their families, according to their languages, their lands, according to their nations. These were the families of the sons of Noah, according to their generations, their nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. Now, one thing to note, <clears throat> as you read all these names, they may not make any sense until you hear somebody um, um, preaching about um, the black race and Nimrod mm. and, and the Bible, then you realize that you better find out what the truth is. <laughs> before, before they already uh, cast you as an inferior human being because you're a Hamite. But if you go to verse eight, you know, there is nothing to say in that scripture that uh, Nimrod um, um, was responsible for um, the Tower of Babel. It was a collective decision, you know, because Nimrod here is described as a mighty hunter before the Lord. There's nothing to say that this man was not godly or was not a, a worshiper of God in the way they knew, you know, there was nothing to say. But you see, I've seen, a, I've had a, an Oibo man preaching on this thing about how Nimrod was uh, such a rebel against God. The Bible doesn't say that. That's why you need to read this part, at least for yourself. The Bible doesn't say that. What he says is he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. The fact that the beginning of his kingdom was Babel does not mean that he was responsible for the... Um, uh, in fact, what was wrong with Babel, as you will see later, is not, not in the fact that um, um, they built the tower. It is that they built the tower to the glory of man, <clears throat> as we will see. So anyway, I have told you earlier that um, it's important to note where Moses is going with all these stories. You know, where is he going? He's going to tell you the connection between Abraham and Noah. Okay? So, as we will see in the next chapter, is trying to say to you and I that uh, Abraham was Semitic from Aram. He was a Syrian, you know, and, and um, he was also an idol worshiper because they worshiped the way they knew in their days. There was no revelation. Noah had long gone and um, the revelation knowledge of the true God had uh, deteriorated and disappeared almost amongst the inhabitants of the world. Now, you must understand, and I must understand, that this tendency to idolatry is so natural to man 
because they always cannot imagine an invisible God. So he must be represented. So if they're not representing him with the sun and the moon and the stars, they're representing him with their own images that they made themselves. But the concept of an invisible God to be worshipped and adored. No, humanity is always looking for some tangibility. You know, and that's why when we, if you, when we get through to Moses, you will see what God said to him. See, 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 I have not shown you any form. So that you go and be making, Moses was telling Israel, so you go and be making God as if it looks like a, 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 a creature on earth or, a cre or something in heaven. No. So it is still the same struggle. There are still many people today. So when you say have faith in God, they say, but I need to hold something. What do you need to hold? You know. And so some Christians have gone and gotten their own idol. So the man has a, a handkerchief. The man has a anointing oil, you know, mo mo felosi bad or mo bagbe anointing oil in me. Mo lo sile lo ba. You see, that is it. That's how the idolatry has uh, come out. You know, so you gave him anointing oil. Now he cannot travel without it. Hmm. You know, now you gave him handkerchief. Now he cannot travel without it. So the penchant, the penchant for idolatry is deep, is deep because they want something they can see. They want something mm. they can hold. They want something they can touch. But to have faith in an invisible God, even today, is still a problem for many. Mm. To walk with an invisible God. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll come to, to that. But um, all this genealogy, like I said, it is to, to trace the connection to Abraham. Because this is a, a Jew or Hebrew writing this. Okay. If, um, if it, it was you and I writing, we'll be tracing from Cush, you know, and you can see that um, I have said, I've written an article, I think I've mentioned it to you before, an article titled Hermetic, Hermetic Resurgence, that you can represent the world with three people, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That's the entire world. Because that's the world, the whole world descended from them. And what we see in scripture is that um, the Hamites were the first to spearhead global civilization, okay? And Nimrod was um, the first to, to spearhead that. It's a Kushite of the Hamitic dynasty. And the Hamitic dynasty, they dominated the world for three millennia, 3,000 years, okay? Before the Semitic dynasty took over. And the, the Semitic dynasty, they dominated the world for about two and a half millennia, 2,500 years. 
before Japhet took over. And Japhet took over with Alexander the Great, the Greeks. That's why they say, when you ask somebody from a historical perspective, the Greeks and the Romans, who came before the other? <laughs> and some people don't know, you know, the Greeks came before the Romans, if you don't know. Because the first move to, for Japhet to take over the world was by Alexander the Great, who ruled all the way to China, his, his empire. The same way that um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and all the Semitic kings ruled all the way to China, India, they had a kingdom all the way into Europe and, and into Africa and into, that is what they call domination. And, and what, what you note about this um, domination is that those kingdoms, when you have a global kingdom, they bequeath their laws, their language, their money to the entire world. Okay, so, so uh, 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 the Greeks, that's what you call, that's why you talk about the Greek civilization, the Babylonian civilization, the Greek civilization, you talk about the Egyptian civilization, when the Kushites run the world, you know, and, and, and now, you know, we come the Roman civilization, the Greek civilization, the Japhet is Roman civilization, Greek civilization, and the Neo-Roman, because uh, the British, uh, and who, who dominated a large portion of the world and bequeathed their language, you know, to, to a large part of the world. They are, they are considered neo-Romanic because a lot of their language is actually um, Roman. You know, so many words, you know, in English that came from Latin. So anyway, this is all historical. Um, but um, what we see now is that according to the vision on the dream of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter two, we, we cannot now see one single nation dominating the world because the last kingdom, the sixth, the, the fifth kingdom is made of iron and clay. And Daniel in his interpretation said that it has the strength of iron and the weakness of clay. But what we understand that to mean is that no single nation will dominate the world again. Like the, 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 the Babylonians did, like the Greeks did, like the Romans did. No, no single nation will dominate the world again. You know, and, 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 and so any uh, kingdom that uh, uh, seeks world domination, it has enough weakness not to be able to do it. So there is now interdependence. The strong must coexist with the weak, which is what we are seeing now, that uh, there, are, there are minerals in Africa that you, they say you can't find anywhere else. So you can't dominate the world without such things, you know. There are so many things now that you can't do by yourself and you can't command others to do because nations have now become 
integral and protected by laws, international laws. Anyway, Daniel saw all of that. But the important thing is that is there is a sixth kingdom coming that will smash all the kingdoms. That's the one we are praying for. The kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.